0: Welcome to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. And you know what goes down on Mondays. It's your boy D. Again, I'm flying solo, but I am live right now. Sports Rap Podcast is the group page on Facebook. And I mentioned to you that we had a very, very intriguing topic that I wanted to discuss. I wanted to break down. I wanted to talk about a little bit. Unfortunately, my partners are not in the building with me. But like I mentioned in my opening, uh, I'm hoping that my guy, Baldy, my partner, can uh, get a quick lunch break and he can chime in, call us in, and we can pull him in on screen. Hopefully that'll work for us today uh, and we can get this discussed. But I do have some content other than my own that I can add in today. And like I said, this topic sparked a lot of dialogue on the page If you didn't see it, um, it's in reference to a tweet from Deion Sanders, the newly minted head coach of Jackson State University's football team. Um, He is showing that he uh, is a very, very big advocate for these young people, these young athletes at these HBCUs. Um, You saw how the HBCUs are beginning to get a little bit more notoriety in the mainstream than they had been as we go back, and we just uh give you a little history um n b a where they had h b c u week which was here in del- which was in the local area in delaware before the pandemic e s p n came for did an episode live their first take was here so shout outs to them for that and then you saw this year as well during the all star game there was Uh, hey mighty mouse what's good homie what's going on there was a lot of influence from the hbcus as far as the national anthem the halftime show things of that nature and they made reference to that also chris paul is now has been taking a class and is now a very big advocate as well for these hbcus so to get right into it the tweet from Deion sanders okay uh, and I'm going to quote this and I'm going to read this in, in its entirety. And I quote, and we have the audacity to hate on one another while our kids are being neglected and rejected. I witnessed a multitude of kids that we played against that were more than qualified to be drafted. My prayers are that, this won't ever happen again. Get your knife out my back and fight with me, not against me. And then he goes into some hashtags change truth coach prime he also goes into some handles where he's looking at these particular people and what he said to fight with him and not against him so some of those uh groups or people that he at that he that he tagged in this were uh at go jsu tigers football uh the SWAC, which is the southwestern athletic conference hbcu game day Mainstream, ESPN, the NFL, NFL Network, CBS Sports, NBC, NFL on Fox, ABC Network, BT TV One, the NBA on TNT, Fox Sports, Barstool Sports, and Smack Entertainment. Okay. Also, following that, the undefeated also put out a tweet, and their tweet was. There were 259 picks in the 2021 NFL Draft. Not a single draft pick featured a player from an HBCU. So, I just gave it to you, and I just put it in there, an NFL draft. We just had the NFL Draft, and the total draft in all seven rounds, there were 259 players picked. There was not one player selected from an HBCU, which was a little startling to primetime okay he is now the coach at jackson state like i mentioned and he said it in his tweet that he played against some athletes that he felt were more than qualified to be selected in the draft but that did not happen so with that being said uh again i'm going to get into the comments that were laid out uh in this thing but i want to give you a little bit of history behind this thing so What goes on now? Um, It says that in April, there were more than 40 players from historically black colleges attended the first NFL-coordinated HBCU combine at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. He says we should be right there. Okay, Dion says. He also says, and I quote, we shouldn't have a separate combine. That doesn't make sense to have a separate combine. I was just trying to get us in, but now that I'm involved and I'm in it, we don't want separate, we want together. so Mark Brown, thanks for tuning in as well. So what Dion is basically saying is it was great it was a good gesture that you uh had an HBCU combine, but now you can argue or you can debate and say that with this most recent draft, no guy no players were picked that the NFL could have possibly had that combine. Just to make them feel included, uh, to smooth over things, if you will, with HBCUs. Um, also, according to HBCU Game Day, only five out of 460 NFL prospects for 2021 hailed from an HBCU. And okay, uh, this is uh, these are quotes from Doug Williams, who is the president of the. Uh, He's the president of the HBCU um, Retirement Committee. Freddie Boom, good morning, good morning. So he also, Doug Williams also goes on to say, and I quote, it's hard to believe that not one guy is worthy of being drafted. That, to me, that's a travesty, and hopefully they can fix that. They are attempting to fix that. So they also go in a little deeper. In 2016, 32 players from HBCUs were chosen to be part of the National Football League. And as of September 2020, there were a total of 29 active alumni, active HBCU alumni players in the NFL. Okay, this is reported by HBCU Game Day. Uh, he says the Black College Football Hall of Fame announced its introduction to the HBCU Legacy Bowl, which will take place in 2020 following Super Bowl 55. The HBCU Legacy Bowl means an opportunity and exposure for hbcu players and coaches okay this is these are words from doug williams the president of this uh hall of fame black college football hall of fame victor villa thanks for tuning in uh they said that they are excited to have this in new orleans especially during black history month the final quote is it's a week-long event and it will highlight prominent black collegiate athletes exposing the nearly 100 invitees to the nfl so we go back a little bit and and what we said that there were 259 total draft picks in the nfl draft this year last month actually and not one player from the an hbcu was selected uh in the draft Which has gotten under the skin of Deion Sanders and some other people since he brought it to light. So I posted it on Facebook in the group and I got a lot of feedback from it. I I broke down some of the things, some of the points that I, I really felt were pertinent and right on point in tune with what the tweet says as it read. So, I'm going to give shout outs first before I get into these tweets, and I'm going to identify the comments of each person. So, the comments uh, have come from a good friend of mine, Howard Fiddler. Uh, all of these guys are good friends of mine Howard Fiddler, Claude Robinson, Richard Drummond, Robert Scales, and Chuck Bulger Jr. So, these are the guys that picked up on it, uh, faithful followers. And they gave some good dialogue um, in this conversation and in this point. So Richard Drummond led off. Uh, he said, neither of these two players were good enough. There were two players. It was Brian Mills, the cornerback of North Central, who was listed in the prospects. The scouts, NFL scouts listed him as 192. He's projected to the fifth or sixth round. There was also David Moore, uh, an offensive lineman from Grambling State, who was projected to go in the seventh round? And the scouts actually ranked him at number 261. But you see, there was some projection for these players. These two in particular. Fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Which is still okay. Because you could get in, and you know, you never know how a player is going to play out uh, in the once they get into the system, a system in the NFL. You gotta get drafted first so and howard fiddler chimes in and just a little background howard fiddler he has worked with uh nfl players in the past um dr howard fiddler to be exact and we talk quite often one of the things he said and i quote either they were not worthy or coaches failed failed them by not getting filmed to scouts in 2020 there were less than 30 players signed in the nfl from hbcus so that sparked a comment and a rebuttal from claude robinson so just to talk about howard fiddler's uh comments right there that is one take on it and like i said when i mentioned in the group after i read most of these comments and reviewed them i stated to the guys that i really enjoyed the dialogue that they had uh it got to a point where these two gentlemen got really detailed about their feelings and how things could have played out or not played out that's howard fielder and claude robinson and i told them that this dialogue was very good and i said i appreciated the dialogue because it was that dialogue both of these guys had their opinions and they backed their thoughts up which is what i like which i always say to people when you uh, comment on my post please don't just give me a vanilla or generic Uh, opinion or reason i need you to stand by your opinion and give me some points on why you make this statement and both of them did that and they did that very classy and very well for the group and again like i said it ultimately led to them agreeing to disagree but the dialogue was very good and like i said once the show is over today you can go back into the group on facebook and you can find that post and you can read these comments in full detail so in the in the with the quote I just read, uh, Claude's response was, and I quote, "A variety of things wrong with your assumptions. If you believe that every player was able to get there on merit alone, then you chose to be oblivious to Dion's point. If you believe every coach failed their players due to inability to get film to scouts, nepotism, implicit bias, and systemic re- oppression, all play a part in the eval." Of players from small schools like it does in students from small schools trying to get jobs at fortune 500 companies i like that comparison there to put this on prime is absurd and ridiculous says dion is optimistic about adding his name to hbcus and how it affects his school and others to recruit top talent but how much can you weigh that on prestige against financial backing that big schools have so what I think was going on with this, these first two comments was that Claude felt like Howard um, really didn't understand what was going on with what Dion said and his whole point. So he decided to elaborate a little bit more. A couple of the things that he brought up and we have talked about within the NFL before, nepotism, implicit bias, and systemic oppression. He said that he felt like, this is Claude, felt like they all played played a part in the evaluation of these players. Um, He compared it to a small school non-athlete trying to get a job at a Fortune 500 company, which I think makes sense. So basically, and I'm paraphrasing where I'm giving you my interpretation of what he said, is pretty much the same thing where these HBCUs don't have the backing the financial backing and the publicity backing that these major schools have um so it's harder for them to get to the next level and get invited to these drafts and combines and things like that and it's the same thing where you go to a small school you apply for a job in the business world or in society at a fortune 500 company you may have you may be qualified but then people look at where you went to school and a lot of times they decide to go another route uh claude also went on to like i just mentioned the financial backing and the things of that nature the financial backing is one of the things i feel that hurts the hbcus a lot in a lot of different areas not just in athletics the but we're talking about the athletics right now as we see You have the big major conferences, the SEC, the ACC, the Big East, all these big conferences that end up with a lot of publicity, a lot of TV time, excuse me, and a lot of TV contracts that doesn't happen in the HBCU. Let alone, that's why DJ, that's why Dion mentioned BET and TV1, which is usually where these games are played, where these games are seen. And. It's a difference in BET and TV One as opposed to ABC, CBS, and Fox, where these major uh, colleges, these major institutions get a lot of airplay. So, you know, that was good. And like I said, it's really Dion wanting to bring to light or bring to the forefront the talent level that's in the HBCUs. There are, and I'm going to read a list, Uh, there's 33 players that have played in the NFL. Um, And out of that 33, a total, there's 11% of all players in Canton. Well, let me me restate that. There are 33 players from HBCUs currently in the Hall of Fame. 11% of all players in the actual Hall of Fame. I'm going to read those names for you in just a minute so howard came back and he said he, that he has and this is howard speaking of himself he has worked with worked with college and nfl players for over 25 years maybe has he might have some insight and i understand where he's going with that where he's saying he's been around some of these people who have some input on these decisions so he said he may have a different point of view from someone on the outside looking in uh he says that me and him went to school together yes we did go to school together we played we are friends and went to school with uh, a defense a division two player who ended up being a pro bowler and a super bowl champion now the difference is that school that we went to that division two school was just that it was a division two school it was not an hbcu okay uh the top five players may not go play for Dion and not be on TV. This is also something that myself and Baldy talked about when we first reported to you about Dion being named the coach at an HBCU. And then we mentioned some of his coaching staff who were former NFL players. And we felt like this could open the door for some athletes to change their mind and go and play for an HBCU where with the status of Deion and some of the members of his coaching staff, you get the impression that these kids may feel like if I go and play for Deion for primetime, and we all know what Deion did in the pros, some of his coaching staff, Jerry Rice, just to name one real quick, we know what Jerry Rice did in the NFL. So a lot of these athletes now could possibly believe or feel like I can go play for these guys and they will prepare me for the NFL. Okay. Claude chimes back and he says, You have no idea if any of those coaches try to get the tapes out, it's who you know. Okay? And I get that. Um, I was also told by a good friend of mine way back when when I first started this show, Anthony Gilbert, uh, like Claude just said, it's it's who you know. Sometimes it's not who you know, it's who knows you. <laughs> okay. So just let that marinate for a second. There's a little twist on it, like I said sometimes it's not who you know it's who knows you okay so again um claude just backs up his point and he says that howard may not understand how if or how these coaches did get filmed to the nfl and like i said and i mentioned in in the beginning of this topic there was a separate combine for hbcus and deion sanders and doug Williams feel like there shouldn't have been a separate combine for these HBCUs. Uh, A lot of these HBCUs, I don't believe, have an actual pro day, which is another benefit of the major uh, institutions. They actually have a scheduled pro day. So we're not 100% sure if the HBCUs have an actual pro day. But I just feel like, just to chime in on that part, if you feel as though you wanted to give these kids their own combine, then i feel like they could have been invited if you thought that much of them then i felt like they should have been invited to the major nfl combine uh robert scales chimes in and he says sanders can only coach them not draft them i'm sure he knows a few people so he could get a few strings pulled so there's a different take on it there a different spin on it where rob is basically saying that deion sanders is who he is he knows some people he has some ties and maybe he could get a couple people to get some looks uh, either on a free agency or maybe have possibly gotten some people pulled into the actual NFL combine. But that is yet to see. Um, someone, the numbers of another comment says, Jerry Rice was not recruited. This is Howard, I believe. He said, Jerry Rice was not recruited by any top tier D1 schools. His work ethic uh, showed through and got him there. And then he made reference to the jamarcus russell who was drafted and we all know the story of jamarcus russell where he was the story about him giving the blank tape yeah that's we're not gonna go into detail on that but we all know that story uh chuck boulder chimes in he says that he thinks their prime statement speaks volume he is asking them to fight with him not against him to give these athletes a chance do they get pro days and that was the question i have not found any uh full details Chuck on if they do actually have pro days. I don't believe so, which is one of the reasons why I think that the NFL gave them their own separate combine. Which again, you can look at that in a number of ways. Like I said, I feel like if you gave them their own combine, then you felt enough of them to actually see them and they could have been invited to the NFL combine. Also you can look at it like I mentioned earlier that they gave them their compound as the NFL. Jason Collard, thanks, cuz, for tuning in. They might have given it to them to kind of smooth them over, to keep them quiet a little bit, so it doesn't blow up in the NFL's face. Okay. Jules Simon uh checks in. And I'm sorry about didn't mention you earlier. He says, You would think that some of the Hall of Famers would look into HBCUs more for talent. The whole country operates on racism and every facet some hbcu players are better than top tier d1 players i i have to agree with some of that as far as the part where some hbcu players are better than top tier d1 players absolutely i I can see that um but there could have been we never know what could have happened why one of these players that could have possibly been better than some of these d1 top tier d1 players ended up going to in hbcu we'll never know so there is a lot of talent in hbcus and like i said you'll understand and you'll hear the names when i read off the hall of famers that came from hbcus so there are points where like i said some of these kids are better than some of the top tier d1 schools they just don't have the exposure And, and i think that's also part of what Dion was saying when he tagged in CBS, the major sports conglomerates, uh, to bring some more attention to these kids. They need this attention. This is why they don't get invited to. This is probably arguably why they didn't get drafted. There may not have been enough tape. And I'm not saying that the coaches didn't get do enough diligence to get their tapes to them. It's it's kinda like the HBCUs are an afterthought. Okay um again it's the exposure factor where these HBCUs don't have the funding financially like Claude mentioned and they don't get the exposure that a lot of these top tier D1 schools get and you can argue like Jules said that some of these players at HBCUs are better and we've seen it there are players from D1 top tier D1s that made the NFL on recognition if you will alone or merit maybe or just because of ties to the school that they attended and have not panned out We see it we see it all the time it happens in other sports as well uh baldy my partner he chimes in and he says on one hand there's an evaluation of talent and on the other hand there are folks that just know talent he says there is a difference i agree with that uh you have guys that evaluate talent and they look at guys in certain situations on certain drills and things of that nature and they say oh this guy could go and go pro whatever whatever and then they get there and they get in put in actual game situations the next step and they don't seem to pan out happens all the time happens a lot there's a difference like he said there is one hand there's evaluation of talent And then on the other hand, there are folk that just know talent. So maybe you can add some scouts and assign them to some HBCUs to give them them exposure. You could argue and fight like Dion wants these other conglomerates to fight with him and not against him. And maybe feature a couple games or two. And like they said, they're starting the the Liberty Bowl for these HBCUs. Uh, I I think that is a good thing. But again, to me, it also, in a small way, looks like they're segregating and having them have their own bowl. I mean, it's a week-long event. It's going to give exposure to the players and the coaches, but... I still think some type of way, somehow, these HBCUs need to have some scouts around and they need to be incorporated into that NFL draft, into that major draft. Because these athletes work just as hard as athletes in the major schools. It's just the biggest thing and it's one of the things that Claude mentioned, the financial backing and the exposure, which is a major problem, which is damp, which is hampering the progression of the d1 hbcus and most of these hbcus are d1 they're just not top tier d1 but they are d1 uh we've seen people make it from division two like i said we have a, myself and howard we went to school with a, a d2 football player who ended up making a pro Bowl and getting into the nfl and making the pro bowl like i just mentioned and winning a super bowl so it can happen sometimes those players and he mentioned the work ethic of jerry rice and he compared that to the lack of work ethic thereof of jamarcus russell sometimes like i said the dialogue was great and i can understand the point sometimes coming from a smaller school you have to work a little bit harder and that's no excuse, but I feel like you should work hard to get there anyway, whether you're at a top tier Division I school, a Division Two school, a mid-level or lower-level D1 school. You still have to put in the work ethic or the work to succeed and get where you want to get. But I also, again, think that Claude was right on point where he mentioned about the financial backing, the systemic oppression, of some of these historically black colleges and universities so again i mentioned to you that there were 33 players from hbcus who are currently in in the football hall of fame which makes up 11% of all the players that are in the hall of fame in canton so here we go and i'm going to list these players and like i said some of these names some of you are going to be like you know so it can happen we know that and just by me telling you it's 33 players in the hall of fame we know that it can happen we've seen it happen it's just a matter of these hbcus taking a little bit more seriously and getting some more exposure where those particular players don't have to work three times as hard as the D1, top tier D1 players to be seen or have an advantage and get in and be drafted. So here's the list of those 33 players starting out. And I'm going to give you the player um, and their school. And then at the end, I'm going to give you a total of positions of how many there were. OK, starting out is John Starworth. We know John Starworth from Alabama A&M. Larry Little from Bethune-Cookman. Emmett Thomas from Bishop, Bob Hayes from Florida A&M, Rayfield Wright for Fort Valley State, Willie Brown of Grambling State, Buck Buchanan, also of Grambling State, Willie Davis, Grambling State, Charlie Joyner, Grambling State, Jackie Slater, Jackson State, Lem Barney, Jackson State, Robert Brazil, Jackson State, Walter Payton, Sweetness, Jackson State, Art Shell, Maryland Eastern Shore, Jerry Rice, arguably the best receiver to ever play, Mississippi Valley State, Len Ford from Morgan State, Rosie Brown also of Morgan State, Leroy Kelly of Morgan State, Willie Lanier, Willie Lanier of Morgan State, Elvin Bethia north carolina a and t ken houston prairie view a and m shannon sharp from, from savannah state marion motley south carolina state donnie shell south carolina state deacon jones mississippi valley state and south carolina state harry carson south carolina state the philadelphia eagles own harold carmichael from southern university mel blunt from Southern University, another arguably one of the best cornerbacks to play the game, Aeneas Williams, out of Southern, Richard Dent from Tennessee State, another former Eagle, Claude Humphrey, from Tennessee State, Winston Hill from Texas Southern, Michael Strahan, Texas Southern. So all of that, 33 players, there were seven defensive backs, seven defensive ends, five wide receivers five offensive tackles three linebackers three running backs and one each tight end guard and defensive tackle so with that being said we see that it can happen and like i mentioned to you you're going to know some of these names who had very very good careers in the nfl i started out with john stalworth larry little bob hayes Buck Buchanan, Charlie Joyner, Jackie Slater, Walter Payton, Art Shell, Jerry Rice, uh, Shannon Sharp, Donnie Shell, Deacon Jones, Harry Carson, Mel Blunt, Aeneas Williams, Richard Dent, Claude Humphrey, and Michael Strahan. So we know these names. So we know that it can happen. It's just a matter of like Dion, I think, is trying to project. We have to get some exposure for these young people. They shouldn't be hindered or they shouldn't be set aside because of the school that they chose to attend. We all know when you pick a school, uh, an institution of higher education, you want to further yourself educationally to be a prominent member of society the athletic part for some are the ways that they can get into school so that's one that's some of the reason why some of these athletes end up going to these historically black black colleges and universities it's more in their financial situation it fits more or fits better in their financial situation also it could be that these kids want to stay home some of these athletes or these kids feel like the culture that they would get at some of these historic black colleges and universities will help them and be beneficial to them in the long run again the athletics is an extracurricular activity sometimes the athletics can get you into a school and get you a free education sometimes these kids didn't get the exposure and they had to go there and they had to perform like we said jerry rice was not recruited by any division one top tier top tier division one schools but he went on to mississippi valley state and proved his worth he was determined his work ethic was crazy and there are others excuse me that have that work ethic they just need the exposure They need the financial backing. And I think this is what Dion is asking for, where, like Robert said, Dion knows a few people. He might be able to pull a few strings. Maybe this is a start where he can get some of these major conglomerates to come and look or these major scouts to come and see some of these universities, these universities' athletes. Maybe it's a way for them to begin the conversation on incorporating And giving these HBCUs their own pro days so that scouts can come and see these athletes. So there's a lot of ways that you can look at it. And it's a lot of things that I think a lot of avenues that can be taken from this. But again, Dion is saying that he he is supporting these kids. He's always supported them. But he says, now that I'm in it, directly as the head coach of jackson state university i really see the difference he said not saying that he didn't see the difference but him being in it right now enthralled in it he can see the difference right up front right at close hand like looking the gift horse in the mouth so what he's saying i believe is he wants to make it so that these kids will get the exposure and have more of an equal chance to get in to get looked at to get the opportunity to be drafted again 33 players in the hall of fame are from hbcus they got there for a reason okay it needs to be a lot more exposure and, and like i said again i keep saying this, this is where i think dion is going there needs to be more exposure for these athletes why should they have to struggle more or again like i said work three times harder to get noticed shouldn't be that way there was a lot of talent at hbcus and again like i said you have to look at all the backgrounds that go into this and, and figure and try and pinpoint how or why these young men did not go to major division one schools and again, don't don't discredit the HBCUs because most of them are D1 schools. They're just not top tier. But what it all boils down to, I believe, is that Dion wants to gain or start the trek to gain the exposure for these athletes because, again, he said that he's seen it. He has seen players that he played against that him being an NFL player and going through that whole process of the combine and all of that has a good – read on players and say, yo, some of these guys could have been drafted, should have been drafted, and they weren't, on the sole fact that they were at an HBCU. And, and that's where the NFL comes into play where they don't regard the HBCUs in that competition level as much as they do, or they don't regard it as high as they do for the D1 top tier mm-hmm. players which I think is a mistake because there's just as much talent, if not more of these athletes that go to HBCUs needs to be changed, needs to be done. I think Dion is on the right track. Um, I will definitely pay attention to this and see what happens later on down the line. So again, it, it, it needs to change. Like I just said, it needs to change. And these athletes need to get the recognition that they deserve like i said they work just as hard if not harder than the top tier d1 universities again and you're probably saying why does he keep saying it but it has to be brought out and this is the main point the financial backing the exposure has to be incorporated into these hbcus um, Dion said these kids are being neglected and rejected and i see his point and that goes into they don't get enough exposure to the neglect. Then they're being rejected because they went to an HBCU. The respect factor needs to increase for these HBCU athletes. And I think Deion will begin to get some help as long as he keeps pushing. He already got some backing, slight backing from the undefeated, where they quoted um, that there were 259 players drafted, not one from an HBCU. So there's the start. So he made a statement, so someone heard him. And I hope more people hear him and begin to question this and and start this conversation so that things can change for these HBCUs and these HBCU athletes. With that being said, to wrap for that particular conversation, I'm going to take another break. When I come back, I'm going to get into some Sixers talk real quick. I'm going to talk a little NBA, a little playoff push and then I'm going to talk a little bit about that Georgia uh, tweak on the NIL bill and a little bit about the NFL and their development of their behavioral, uh, what is it? Their behavioral mental health, their mental, mental behavioral health program for former players. You are tuned into sports rack right here on heat One Hundred radio. I'll get back to you in just a few seconds.